Hey guys, this is Sam Wallace from the Kaniac Report. Just wanted to let you know the schedule that we're going to be having for the upcoming games uh, this regular season. We are very excited. And we want, what we're going to be planning on doing is we're going to be releasing an episode after every game. But it depends on when that game starts. Uh, what we're going to be doing is if a game starts before 8 30 uh, we will be releasing an episode the following morning however uh, since we do have full-time jobs um, if it starts at 8 30 or later you guys will still be getting an episode the next day but won't be coming out till the following evening uh, we recognize that um we do, again, have full-time jobs, but we also want to give you guys the best content as possible. Uh, so that is what we'll be doing heading into the regular season. And since it is going to be an 82-game regular season, uh, there are going to be some episodes and some instances where it'll just be me speaking or it'll just be Sam speaking. So that's going to be our schedule for this regular season. Now here is our episode. You know what, Sam? What? The legend himself. Adam Gold is back on the podcast. Yes, he is. Coming to you from the heart of Kane's country, this is the Kaniac Report. Your number one source for everything Carolina Hurricanes, hot takes, predictions, game analysis, and NHL news. And now your hosts, Sam Wallace and Sam Driscoll. All right, we're back with another episode of the Kaniac Report. We've hoped you guys have had a good a uh, few days, and Sam, we are having a guest on. It is Adam Gold, a reoccurring guest mm-hmm. who's excellent. Yes, Adam Gold is back on, and we are talking about the season to start. We're talking about just being prepared. Talked about Eric Stahl. You know, I was going to talk about Eric Stahl. I always talk about Eric Stahl. Oh, so yeah. So you you'll do. enjoy this. It'll be fun for everybody. Um, I hope you all enjoy this conversation with Adam Gold. Yes, but before we do, let's get to our sponsor. We're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football is more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. With code THPN, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. 
Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus pass expires seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. All right, we'd like to welcome back to the podcast, the host of the Adam Gold Show and the Canes Corner Podcast. Adam Gold, sir, welcome back. Excited to be here. I can't believe we're about to start. I know it feels it's it's felt like an eternity, but also like just yesterday the Knights won the cup. So I'm just glad we're back. <laughs> I actually had to think about it for a minute. Like who who won the Stanley Cup last year? <laughs> yeah. Once the uh, once the Hurricanes got swept, I kind of uh, I I mean I watched uh, most of the Stanley Cup finals, but um, yeah, it's just kind of it's a blur. The off season was a blur. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So we're in middle of preseason. So I'll start there with a simple question of who has impressed you the most in preseason? Trip Tracy. Trip Tracy. <laughs> yeah, Trip's just super impressive. It's honestly, it's very hard because uh, I went to the first game uh, for family reasons. I didn't go to the second game. And then the other two were split squad games with zero media coverage. Um, I mean, Carolina's blue line has looked as advertised. Uh, Dimitri Orloff, without really exerting himself at all in the, in the game that I was at, uh, he he looked very solid. I loved Jalen Chatfield and Caleb Jones together. Uh, I kind of feel bad for Chatfield because I think the writings on the wall that Carolina's power play is in, you know, dire need of a Tony D'Angelo running it. So he's probably going to get the opening night nod, but I thought Chatfield and Jones as a tandem were excellent. Chatfield can play with anybody. So if they're healthy, I just, they're not going to, Rod's not going to play six defense, seven defensemen. He's going to play six. So it looks to me like number five is going to be sitting next to maybe next to me in the press box. Uh, and I hate that for him because I thought he was so good last year. But this is what you get, what you have when you have seven NHL defensemen, legit top four NHL defensemen. This is what you have. Not all not all seven are going to play. So if they're healthy when they start the season, I kind of get the feeling that Chatfield's going to be in the press box. But uh, I thought D'Angelo had some D'Angelo moments. Uh, the goal he scored really was created by his mishap in front of his own net that Kachetkov just got on and got it up to Brendan Perlini, who made a really good play uh, just kind of to, to wait for reinforcements. And then I'll just shoot it. And then the shot was blocked. It fell right to D'Angelo who had just entered the zone inside the blue line. He just ripped it for a goal. D'Angelo didn't even celebrate it because he knew it. It's like, man, that whole thing was <laughs> set up with my gaff. Uh, but he also did some good things. I thought defensively too. Uh, I think it was Orloff that turned the puck over and D'Angelo had to defend a three on one. So I, I mean, I, th I thought Tony played uh, the kind of game that we expect Tony to play. There's going to be some uh, head scratching decisions and mistakes, but there's a lot of high end. Uh, some guys that impress me aren't guys that are going to make the roster. Uh, I really thought Noel, uh, Noel Gundler was good. I thought Felix Ungersorum was good. Uh, as a matter of fact, I had Goodler as did I have Goodler as the first star? 
first or second star. I don't remember my what the three <laughs> stars I had. Uh but I thought I thought both both kids were good. Uh Unger Sorum just turned 18, like two weeks ago, turned 18. So um yeah. but those guys stood out. I mean, there were there were no NHL forwards in the lineup. Zero. I mean, unless you count the PTO guys and I don't think any of the PTO guys are going to be offered a contract except maybe one forward. Uh, I could see them either Corey Conacher or Zach Aston Reese uh, getting a, uh, getting a contract, but they're going to put them through waivers, whoever that is. Uh, so they can send them to the minor leagues. So, but I don't, I mean, to me, there's one spot open on the entire roster. It's Jack Drury's to lose. I'm not entirely sure he's, uh, the guy who's going to keep it, but we'll see. So I agree. I, I love Tony. I think his upside is more is a lot more important than his downside. I've really liked Sor- Unger Sorum. That's kind of been the biggest shock. Um, I'm not a big fan of Jack Drury. Never have been. Uh, I guess once I saw that he reportedly asked for a trade, I guess to me, I'm like, well. I don't know if he did or not, to be honest. I, I'm a big supporter of Suzuki taking over that center spot. Um, I feel like his upside is higher. Yeah, I don't. I. I mean, he could I look? I. 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 He scored a nice goal when I saw on uh, uh, against Florida when he came circled out from behind the net. Uh, nobody challenged him at all, and he just uh, roofed it. I guess it was over Spencer Knight. Um, so it's good goal. He had a good prospect tournament, but I mean, he's much older than everybody there. So he should, um, it was what, you know, playing with 18 and 19 year olds. He's like 22. So, uh, I just don't know. I don't know if, if the team views him as that guy anymore. Um, but Hey, it'd be fine if he's in the mix for it really would. Um, but it's really, it's, I mean, I have a, I'm pretty good authority that it's Jack's job if he plays well, but he has to earn the job. Uh, and honestly, it might not have been his if Ponomarov didn't get hurt in training camp. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. I, I think they secretly wanted to take that spot because uh, he's got a little bit more offensive upside, and I think he's just a different type of player. Uh, I think the organization and Rod really likes Jack because uh, they think he's really smart. Uh, and I think that's one of the things about Rod that jumps out at me. And I'll tell a quick story about um, Elias Lindholm. When I first started covering the team exclusively, uh, I reached out to Rod. I've always had a good relationship with him. I reached out to him just to talk about players. that He was still an assistant. He wasn't even a head coach at the time, uh, to talk about players and strengths and weaknesses. And uh, it was right about the time of the draft and just kind of to get a gauge of where everybody was. And uh, I asked Rod about Lindholm, and I, I said, like, is, is he ever going to get it? And Rod said to me, look, the worst case, the worst case scenario is that he just stays a solid third line checking forward because he's really smart. He's not going to get any worse. 
he's only going to get better because he's smart. How much better? We'll see. And you see how much better he can be. Uh, Jack Drury is a super smart hockey player. He just might not have the skill to be, and he's certainly not big, uh, to be anything other than a fourth-line center. I don't know, maybe. Um, but he's really smart. And I think that's what Rod likes. He also is pretty good in the face-off circle. He's got a little bit of versatility, even though he's not great on the wing. He can play it. Um, so I don't know. I haven't had that conversation with Rod about Ryan Suzuki, but I've had it. Uh, I had it with Lindholm that time, and I haven't had it specifically with Rod, but I've had it with other people. They all say the same thing about Drury. Really smart. Uh, we just don't know how good he can be. But I think the job is his if he plays well. Um, I think one of the weakest spots in the roster right now is that it's that fourth line center. It's that we just don't know, right? It's if it's jury. Right. And there's um, no veteran. There's no Paul Stasny here. And I've been making an argument that, you know, maybe instead of signing like your eighth, ninth, 20th defenseman, maybe you you throw an offer out there to someone like a Paul Stasny, like an Eric Stahl, that veteran guy who can quarterback your, you know, not quarterback, but run that fourth line mentor, maybe some of the younger players on the team. But that has that experience because this team is it's supposed to be winning a Stanley Cup. So yeah. I think someone like a Stasny, someone like an Eric Stahl who's done it before, might be better suited for that for that role. Um I think Eric would be better than Paul. Uh I actually joked about it with Jordan. <laughs> uh coming up on a uh, on an episode of the Canes Quarter podcast next week, uh my conversation with Carolina captain. Uh, although I don't, I think it was something that we talked about after the podcast. I talked to him for about 20 minutes during the podcast, during the, during the interview. And then we talked for about 10 after it. Um, well, uh, just as an aside, the difference in Jordan stall today and Jordan stall five years ago, light years as a person, as somebody you can talk with and joke with, uh, he is such, he is so comfortable in who he is. Uh, I, I mean, I'm happy, I'm happy for him, but I'm happy for those of us who, you know, are kind of charged with talking to players because you're, if your captain is kind of boring and not engaging, uh, now his his interviews, his pregame, postgame interviews are super boring, but almost every player is. So he just kind of fits in. Like I love Sebastian Aho, but there ain't nothing exciting about talking to Aho pre and postgame. Um, it's not like talking to Ray Whitney. I mean, Ray Whitney was awesome. You just don't have a lot of those. But uh, Jordan, you can just have fun conversations with him. So in the pod, you know, when we talked about in the podcast, we got into some fun stuff. Uh, it's not, it wasn't just all uh matter of fact, and this is why I really wanted to get it up before this, but it's all right. Um, he's a big golf fan and he will not root for the United States. <laughs> <laughs> he roots for Europe, which that's fine. I mean, I, there was part of me. I was surprised my son was rooting for, uh, for the U S um, because some of the players he likes are are European players, but 
uh he was rooting for the u.s uh which is really cool um anyway uh what were we talking about again i don't remember <laughs> well i've been a big advocate for years oh years. eric um eric eric hasn't signed i don't think they're gonna bring eric in right now but i mean we get two months down the road and the hurricanes realize you know what we need somebody else here in that role Jordan mentioned it two years ago. I wouldn't be surprised if the captain said, hey, you know who's around <laughs> who kind of would like to come play and he's already shown you that he could be a fourth-line center. He did a good job of that with Florida, too. Uh, he kills penalties. He'll win face-offs. He can still skate. He's 6'4". Um, he'd be great. <laughs> I'd love to see him here. I really would. I've been arguing the last three years. It drives my co-host mad. If I could beg Don, what he's not even here. Yeah, he's right in front. He's he's hiding behind the other side of the computer. (laughs) But I've been begging for uh, for Eric Stahl to come back. If I could beg Don Waddell to bring someone here, it's probably Eric Stahl. But that's just me as a fan who has been a fan the entirety of Eric's captaincy. I felt like he left on horrible terms with the management here. He was treated wildly unfairly. I think even the fans treated him unfairly. Yes. But the the man was never given any weapons except maybe Jeff Skinner and Semin. And they never really played him with Eric Stahl, which was a showed the awful coaching that we had at the time. I just think Eric Stahl with Raw, I mean, they played in the Stanley Cup championship together. I I just yeah. I would love to see what that would do even to Eric's game. I think it would he would be the best fourth line center we'd have in a long time. Yes. <laughs> uh no no argument there. I, again, I think Eric is uh can still be a good player. Um I'm I'm really baffled that if you think about um the the I guess the epilogue, right, of Stahl's career. He goes from Buffalo, gets, was traded from, was he traded to Buffalo from Minnesota? Or did he sign with Buffalo? I think he signed as a free agent with Buffalo and then was traded to Montreal, right? Uh, Played with Montreal during the, uh, during the bubble, bubble hockey. And he helped Montreal, which really was the 17th best team. In the NHL that year, no, it was this year after. It wasn't bubble hockey. It was the year after when we when the uh, we played just the uh, entire division in Canada because yeah. we weren't allowing cross border travel at, at, during the regular season. Uh, and Montreal was the 17th best team in the NHL, but because this is the way it was done, they made the playoffs and. Stahl was a big part of them getting to the Stanley Cup Finals. I mean, he had a really good year. And then he couldn't find a place to play. Right? Been back. He it's back. ended up uh, uh, signing a triple-A, a minor league contract with Iowa just to keep in shape and played in the Olympics. And that was dreadful Team Canada. Uh, but played in the Olympics. There were no pros. It was just a bunch of, you know, also rants. Uh, and then even still didn't get a sniff. 
ended up uh I don't even know the chronology anymore. Was it last was that the year that he went to PTO with Florida? I don't even remember. It all I know is he can play. Guy who can still play. I'm kind of surprised that nobody has really reached out and at least given him a PTO to their training camp. But um I know Jordan will put in a word for him. I know that. So I guess the question do you do you think that do you think he want, would want to play here? I know all the, I guess you could yes. say, bad apples that are. I do. You do? Yep. Okay. I, I was wondering, I guess the only thing I was ever worried about would be how bad the breakup was, but I may hinder it, but I'm guessing since they're all gone, it doesn't yeah. bother him anymore. Yeah, there's nobody left here from that regime. I mean, there's there's some people in security who I think were around about 10, 10 years ago. Uh, but yeah, there's really nobody left here from that era. So yeah, he'd be woke. I mean, if, if they thought that he could help them win, he'd be back here. And look, if, if Jack proves to not be the answer and Ponomarov is not healthy, they don't really have another center on the roster. I mean, there are guys who can play it. You know, Ter- Tebo Teravainen can play it. Marty Natchez has wanted to be a center for four years. Uh, I don't see that happening. Not on the fourth line. <laughs> no, not on any line, to be honest. Uh, so I wouldn't completely rule it out, but uh, my per- I, I actually th- I think Eric will be on a roster before the Hurricanes get to the point where they decide they needed a center. I think that's definitely possible, too. So, I, I mean, I'll kind of segue that in since we're talking about centers. The Carolina Hurricanes, and just in general with talking about their top six, last season, they tried to fix a problem that has been an issue since they started making the playoffs, which is goal scoring. They bring right. in Pacioretty. What's the difference this season that they believe that's not an issue anymore? Well, they brought in a forward. <laughs> I mean, Michael Bunting is a 20-plus goal scorer. So, I mean, they did not bring in a goal, bring in goal scoring. So, and I think they also believe that their power play will be better with D'Angelo, which should create more goal scoring. So, yeah, I think they, I think they did. I think they did add goal scoring. Uh, A couple of things. This is when we look, when we look back on last year, if I had told you, before the season started that it would be and and even though we all knew it was going to happen they also expected andre kasha to be a player even though we all knew that he would never last the whole season they got 10 minutes of hockey out of him <laughs> So it's like 10 minutes and 52 seconds was all they got out of Andre Kasha. Uh, and a, he flew out to San Jose and then never, and then flew back and that was it. Um, but if I had told you before the season that they'd get basically five games, it was less because they only played a short, the first period in one game, uh, that they would get five games out of Max Patchy ready. Tavo Teravani would have the worst year of his of full year of his career by miles. That Seth Jarvis would see his production drop while playing every game. 
and that they would lose Andre Svechnikov for the last quarter of the season, would you have thought that they would have still made the Stanley Cup Finals or uh, the Eastern Conference Finals? Probably not. So they didn't have, they scored enough goals, right? I mean, they scored enough goals. It wasn't traditional, but um, I actually think that they have enough offense. What what you're what you're addressing is probably the one guy they don't have a bona fide. Because even I wouldn't put Aho in the category of goal scorer. They don't have that guy, uh, and most teams have a guy like that. You know, I mean, Florida's got Matthew Kachuk. Um, they have other guys who score goals, but Matthew Kachuk is the goal scorer. Uh, Sasha Barkov is a great player and he scores goals, but I don't, I don't look at Sasha Barkov as a goal scorer. That to me, that's Kachuk. Actually, Anthony Duclair was more of a goal scorer, although he's no longer there. Um, Stephen Lawrence is now there. Uh, not a goal scorer. Um, so I think they believe two things. One, they believe that this will be the year that Andre Svechnikov really busts out, which I'm here for. Uh, they think Michael Bunting will be a goal scoring contributor and the way he plays will benefit them across the board. They think that Seth Jarvis will be better. They think Tavo Teravainen will be better. Uh, I don't know what to make of Marty Natchez. I don't. I wish I wish I knew. Uh, I know he's been asked about the contract, and he goes, I don't care. And I believe him. I do. Um, I He is one of those players, though, that needs a good start. I think it will wear on him if he doesn't get off to a good start. Like if Sebastian Ajo doesn't score a goal in his first 10 games, I ain't worried. We've seen that before. If Natchez doesn't score a goal in his first 10 games, I'm worried. He needs a good start. He needs to needs to put the puck in the net a little bit early because I think if he can start anywhere similar to the way he started last year, I think we might see the full season from Natchez. I still don't know if he's ever going to get a contract from the Hurricanes, but because I just don't know if he's completely reliable. It will depend on what he does in the postseason, I think, this year. Um, and I'm, you can almost say the same thing for Teravine. But I also think that I think Seth Jarvis is going to get back to producing points, the points he didn't produce last year, even though he was a much better player. End-to-end, Seth Jarvis was a better player last year. They just didn't have any, didn't have the production. He had less production last year in what, 14 more games, played the entire season as opposed to 68 the year before. And he was, I mean, he just didn't produce as much. But I thought he was an end to end, much better player. Started killing penalties. Uh, he actually took Natchez's spot on the penalty killing unit in the last 15 or so games of the regular season and, and in the playoffs. And Jarvis is good at it. It was just remarkable. Um, so I think they believe that and the power play improvement are going to create more goals. Uh, and again, I was stressed about this. When Svechnikov went down, not that that wasn't a big deal. I just said, 
Carolina's not a goal-scoring team. They're a goal prevention team. And while I love Svetch, it's not really part of the goal prevention. I mean, he's part of the goals, and that's how you win. But the goal prevention is more important to Rod Brindamore. And uh, I, I love their defense got significantly better with Dmitry Orlov. Uh, my gosh. Uh, and if they if if D'Angelo doesn't improve the power play, then Chatfield will come back on the ice. And top to bottom, the Hurricanes will have the best defense in the NHL, uh, certainly from the blue line. But their forwards play great defense also. And I th- they could be, you could see Anderson, Ranta, and Kachetkov combined for the Jennings again. <laughs> they should be that good defensively. So I'll stick with the forwards. I got two more questions for you. One. I babbled. <laughs> um, yes, Barry Code Kinyemi. I really like him. I think he needs to take a step. Is he the guy for the number two center? See, you know, you know my answer to this, Sam. I've said this a thousand times. <laughs> I, I, if we went back and looked at the archives of every time I've come on with you, I think I say the same thing. Uh, uh, he, to me, is a third center. And that's fine if you're looking for a third center. This team, I think, still needs a second center. Uh, and it, frankly, it's the only thing I would. Uh, I would advocate trading Pesci for is if you could get a legitimate number two center. Would you lose Pesci for Lindholm? Where in a something like that, if you could pry Lindholm back? Yes, I would. Um, Especially if they determine that they won't, they can't sign Pesci off in the off season. Uh, And certainly if they could sign Lindholm. Um, But yeah, because I think Lindholm would take their offense, not to mention all the other things he does. Penalty kill, grittiness, a little bit of nasty uh, behavior I love. Uh, and again, Yeah, I, I mean, he's the perfect, he's also a right, uh, a right centerman, which Rod desperately wants. Uh, I think it would be awesome, absolutely awesome if they could get him. But my understanding is, they don't really, they're not interested in him. Can't figure that out, but they're not. Um, I think they believe that the Lindholm of last year is the real Lindholm and not the Lindholm that played with Goudreau and Kachuk and others uh, who was scoring really better than a point a game. Uh, That last year's Lindholm is the real Lindholm. I disagree. Uh, I think Lindholm is a 70 to 80 point guy and a great face-off guy. And again, as smart as the day is long, I'd, t- I'd get him in a minute. Uh, of course, Brett Pesci ain't going to Calgary. Uh, he's got a no trade clause. I promise you, he ain't going to Calgary. So he might, he, you, you might convince him to go to Edmonton. But he ain't going to Calgary. <laughs> I think that's fair too. Um, I think sometimes even I forget he's got the no move clause. Uh huh. Uh huh. And I don't want to trade. I don't really don't want to trade Pesci anyway. I, I meant I've, I said this before, and I said it to Brett. Uh, and you'll hear that in an upcoming edition of the Kane's Quarter Podcast, my conversation with Brett Pesci. 
he was the first one of the core here. Yeah. He got here before all of that core, that young core. He deserves to see this thing out. Yeah. He did apps. I mean, it would be criminal to me on a personal level if they lifted a Stanley Cup and Brett's playing for San Jose. It's like, get out of here. He should be a hurricane. End of end of story. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I got I've been more I, I've been an advocate of improving the top six. So if if Pesci if a move from Pesci does that, you do it. I don't move Pesci for picks and prospects. My fantasy was, you know, if you can move Tavo and Pesci, then throw all that cap space at Kane. I'm like, okay, sure, but now it doesn't even sound like Kane's gonna be entirely healthy. Well, I, he he's skating. He'll be a uh he'll be a mid-season, he'll be a mid-season signee for somebody. I don't know. Maybe the Hurricanes would sign a midseason. Uh, you think Patrick Kane wants to play the way the Hurricanes play? I don't. I think that was the number one reason why Vladimir Tarasenko didn't want to sign here. I think that's uh, yeah. I mean, I've also said I would like to see the system tweaked to the point where maybe the skill is allowed to show itself just a tad bit more. I, I think, think the skill. I don't think the skill is held back. You don't not, not at all. They create so much, so many scoring opportunities. Uh, the skill should should come through there. I, I just think, don't they have natural goal scorers. I mean, they, I, I think that's they have a lot of great players, but yeah. they don't have a lot of natural goal scorers. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, let's finish. If you look with- at it. I mean, look, I'm I'm not a huge guy at buying into all of the analytics. I think I think that uh, I think they're they're interesting to me, but. Um, it's if you base everything on that, how many years were we told the hurricanes were, they should be better. They should be better. Look at the, uh, look at the Corsi. Look at like, come on. (laughs) But they generate not even close, really more high danger scoring chances than any team in the league. Any team. The only team that was uh, close to them last year, I believe, was the Devils. They give up the fewest high-danger scoring chances by a lot of any team in the league. They just don't finish a high enough percentage of those chances. They don't allow a lot of goals. (laughs) They really don't. Uh, Second to Boston last year in uh, goals allowed. and they were about 10th, I think, by the end, maybe 12th in goal scoring. So, I mean, they're top half of the league. So it's okay. Um, they were better than that a year ago, the the previous year. But th- the chances are there. They just didn't bury enough, which is the frustrating part. Because uh, you want, like, ha- and and not every high-danger chance is created, created equal. Because sure. a high-danger chance for... Jordan Martinuk, <laughs> and he creates a lot actually. Uh, high danger chance for him or Jesper Faust, hey, probably not going to get the return on that investment all that often. Uh, but you should if it's Aho or Svechnikov or Jarvis. Um, it just didn't happen last year. So, yeah. well, let's finish on the captain. He gets extended this offseason, that needed to happen. Oh, yeah. um, what do you think of the contract? The Rod Brindamore contract. 
four years, right? Yeah. Rod's got one more this year, and then he'll sign a three-year extension in the offseason. I hope my hope is that Tom Dundon does not wait until next offseason. That he just comes to Rod with a better number than he's got now because he deserves to be paid. Look, I've talked to Rod about this. And he laughed when I said it. I'm like, dude, you are the best coach in the league. You should be paid like the best coach in the league. And he just laughed (laughs) because he knows. I know, you know, Tom Dundon doesn't value financially. He doesn't value the coach like he values the player. There's an argument to be made for it. I mean, he did that with John Forsland. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it's it's obviously not exactly the same thing, but... um his opinion was why am i paying why would i pay john the third highest salary among nhl local broadcasters when we don't get the we don't get the local tv ratings we're not uh it's not making us any money and the ultimate thing that is important to this team is that I pay players. Uh, So he allowed John to walk. Mike is the lead voice. I don't know what Mike makes. I don't know where he ranks among the 32 NHL, uh, you know, (laughs) play-by-play voices. I'm not, I mean, doesn't even make a, make sense to even speculate. Sure, it's not high, Um, but the team is playing at a level where (laughs) TV ratings are up and Dundon is like, see? So I get it. He didn't value that, so he let John walk. It's not that he's going to let Rod walk. Rod's going to be the coach for three more years is my guess. At least, it could could go beyond that. Um, but for that's what that contract was to me. It seems like a perfect length for Rod Brindamore because Rod treats this like he was a player. He goes at it hard. He takes no days off, zero days off. Um, he is at the rink seven o'clock every day. Uh, he works out (laughs) sometimes, uh, not necessarily with the team, uh, but he'll be on the bike and some guys will come in and get on the bike. Um, so I just think that it just was the perfect length. Uh, did they pay a little bit more for Jordan Stahl than I thought they would? Uh, I don't, actually, I don't know if the number was higher. Uh, the length was certainly more. I thought it would be two, uh, but I'm I'm good. And I think the team is like, you know what? It's good for it's good for the culture of the team to have Jordan Stahl, who is still a good player and can still play 18 minutes a night. And when he can't, 
he'll be the fourth center. And you could do worse than having Jordan Stahl as your fourth center. Win a win a bunch of faceoffs, kill penalties, be a big body. So and I, you know, if you talk to guys around the league, they still hate playing against him. Yeah. Nobody likes playing against him. It's like, damn it, there's that, there's that guy again. <laughs> so I mean, it's what he does. He shuts people's down. He's he shuts your best players down. It's what he it's what he's been doing under Rod. He just it, it, it eliminates your best player from the equation. It's like having uh Darrell Revis as a shutdown quarterback. He just takes one guy out of the game. Yeah. I mean, I agree completely. Well, thank you for joining us and to our listeners out there. I know you've talked, you've, I've, I've listened to your podcast every time there's a new episode. So I encourage all. Yeah, of we, all did, we, we were supposed to have one uh, after the game on, uh, was it last Tuesday? And I forgot to send it to the person who's putting it together now. <laughs> I don't even know if it posted. It, we do it on YouTube. We do them live on YouTube now. Um, during the season, and th- this will be the case for the two preseason games next week, both against Nashville. One Thursday's game at Nashville, Friday's game at home. Uh, the podcast will air live on YouTube. Okay. Following the post-game show, following the aftermath. Soon as I'm done with the aftermath, ten minutes about ten minutes later, sooner if I can, but ten minutes later, we'll be live on YouTube, Kane's Corner Podcast page. Uh, feel free to bookmark it, and and we'll be there, and we'll probably spend anywhere from twenty to thirty minutes talking about the game, uh, and we'll take some comments. Sometimes I'll have a guest, somebody to come in with me and just chat, and sometimes it'll just be me foaming at the mouth for 30 minutes which is fun <laughs> uh like it there's a lot of stuff to talk about that i don't have time to talk about during the aftermath really? the aftermath and i'm just trying to play commercials and get out of there that's what we're trying to do play commercials do the highlights give you my three stars and get out we don't really have a lot of time to get into the analysis of the game and that's where the podcast kind of covers that but we do it live on YouTube, and then it will post in your normal, generic podcast machine, if you will. Uh, but there you go. There is the um, the Kane's um, Corner podcast on YouTube after every Hurricanes game, uh, starting with the next preseason game Thursday night in Nashville. And you also said you're interviewing some players. I, I believe you said so. You're going to get some. Th- those episodes are coming out too. Uh, th- those will be in the garden variety podcast machine just a regular Kane's corner podcast uh so uh an extended conversation with jordan uh about i don't know 10 minutes with pesci um probably use tony a little bit uh although tony might just be i just might put tony on the show uh and a long conversation with rod that we will air there's a lot coming up in the, between now and the 11th so we'll have a couple of player conversations uh, and then a longer conversation with Rod uh, that my guess is we'll probably post uh, Monday of opening uh, of the opener. So a couple of days before the opener, we'll let that out there, get everybody's appetite uh, set for the season. Sounds good. Well, I'm excited. Me too. going to be Me great too. here. I hope so. Uh, I think it will be. They're built for the regular season for sure. Uh, every night they just are hard to play against. 
Um, which is in in many ways why they're really good at back-to-backs. <laughs> if you think about it, they've probably been better in the second half of back-to-backs under Rod, even than the first half. And I just think that if, especially when they catch teams on their second night, man, the Hurricanes, that's just that's they're they're just no fun. They just <laughs> fun to play against. They take a they just suck the life out of you. They take the puck from you, they make it hard for you to move. So, you know, the teams like Tampa, teams with the great power plays can solve Carolina. And that's what happened last year. Florida's power play was better than Carolina. Uh, and every year when they've exited, the power play, other teams' power plays have gotten them. But now it's time for Carolina's power play to do it. So if the power play is good, uh, I think you'll I think we'll see him in the Stanley Cup finals. I do. Well, I'm ready for it. It's going to be a good year. Well, again, thank you, sir, for coming on. We appreciate it as always. Thank you. Well, that was fun. Uh, Always enjoy having Adam on. He's very knowledgeable, Hurricanes insider, kind of has an idea of what's going on with the team at most times. So it's always fun, always exciting. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed it and enjoyed us gushing about Eric Stahl. Sam, I stand by it. I think that's a good move for Carolina to make. I, I think it'd back. be a good move, and I think, um, I mean, bringing Eric Stahl back, I am not opposed to it at all. I I just don't know if they're <laughs> going to do it or not. I think that's a question, but they but he has a brother that can vouch for him. Yeah, and Jordan wants him back. I mean, that's pretty obvious too, and you kind of heard that conversation a little bit with Adam tonight. I I just I feel like Eric would just bring a dynamic to this team that's po- that's only going to be positive. He's probably the best available center that's a free agent. So if you take away anything from this, if you're listening to us, Don Waddell, let's make it happen. Bring back Eric Stahl. Give him the run that he always deserved when he was a Hurricane. Yeah, I I, I don't d- disagree with that. I think he'd be a good fit as a fourth-line center. He's proven he could do it with Florida. So, yeah. And he's still going to get yeah. you points, and that gives Carolina three scoring lines. So, you know what, Sam? There's only one more episode between now and the home opener. Just one. I know. I am really excited for the home opener. And uh, we do have a plan for uh, doing an episode for the home opener. It's not going to be out uh, the next morning. But be on the lookout uh, for it uh, the next day, probably in the evening, probably maybe around the time you're probably going to bed, maybe. Depends on how early you go to bed, right, Sam? Yeah, so we'll get it out to you that following day. Um, it's just we're going <clears throat> we're going separately. We're going to enjoy the game. It's the home opener. Just something we want to enjoy. But understand the rest of the month is basically road games. They, they are late night games, so those will be sporadic about when we do them. But if it's an earlier start, 8.30 or before, or a weekend game, we'll get you episodes that night, even if it's late. Yeah, because we have full-time jobs. We yeah. just can't do that. And it'll be 20, 30-minute episodes. They're not going to be crazy long. They're going to be short, but we're going to do our best to cover the team all season long, every game as we can, and we'll have these conversations because, one, we don't like doing hour-and-a-half-long episodes. I know you no. all don't want to listen to an hour-and-a-half of us talk. I don't want to talk for an hour-and-a-half. So this works out for us, 20, 30-minute episodes, talking about the game. 
you know what's going on. That's all that's going to matter. As news pops up, we'll bring it up in the episodes too. So yes, and um, I, 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 if you haven't listened yet, the very beginning of this episode will be me talking about how we're going to be doing the regular season games. Uh, but there are going to be some games where, because there's a lot where there's going to be certain episodes where it's going to be you talking yeah yeah or, or just uh, yeah. me because that's just it's easier for both of us and it's and at least you guys are getting content <clears throat> yeah and i mean because you'll go to games sometimes on your own sometimes i'll go by myself with a friend or whatever so yes but you will get episodes pretty close to every game a couple of the 10 10 30 games sorry we need to sleep <laughs> and, uh, yeah we do as much as i love the hurricanes um i love my sleep too so i will be going to bed at a reasonable time before i put the game on the tv Go to sleep watching it, but um, we're gonna do our best. We're really gonna do our best. Uh, cover these games, get you as many of them afterwards as we can. We'll discuss like Rob Brendan Moore's press conference because that'll have happened. Kind of what's going on. It, it'll be. And if we exciting. win, three stars. I yeah. think that'd be fun too. Yeah, I agree with Adam Cole on that one. Only three stars if you win. Because if you get blasted eight to nothing, ain't nobody play good enough to be a three stars there. At that point, maybe I'll give three stars for the other team. But. <laughs> yeah. um, it's going to be exciting season. <clears throat> We're getting close. I only, I'm ready. I, I am ready for regular season hockey. It's going to be fun. We're going to be tailgating with our friends, the Caniac Sessions. Yes. They are awesome folks. If you see us at the game, because we were at the pre, we were at the season ticket member event, and fans saw us. So I, I don't know. I, I was shocked. I, I was like, "Oh my gosh! I can't believe someone said that they listened to our podcast." I'm not sure, but what I was their, thankful at the same what time. What their names are, but if you actually listened to us and you talked to us, send us a message on on Instagram or or X or wherever you follow us on social media, and maybe we'll get you on the podcast for a few minutes and we can talk about hockey because it's fun. We like to interact with you guys, and you're the first to actually recognize us and say something to us. So we want to recognize you at the very least. Reach out to us so we can share the you know how awesome you guys are. So. That that was so cool. That made my day. Yeah, that was pretty fun. So whoever you guys are, please tag us, reach out to us, say something to us, and we'll get you on talk for a little while, talk about hockey because it's always fun to talk about hockey, especially if like you're at a game, Sam. Maybe I'm not. Maybe we'll get you on. You can chat with one of us while we do an episode for one uh, for a game. But it'll be fun. So reach out to us. You were the first to recognize us, Sam. We have to honor that. So yeah, yes, we do. Please, whoever you guys were, reach out to us. Shoot us a message. We will respond. We don't bite. Promise. <laughs> Well, Sam might. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, my dog might. No, 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 not really. She's a very good dog. Um, but I think that's good for tonight, Sam. I hope you all enjoyed Adam Gold. And Sam, I think we'll get back to watching this preseason game against Nashville that's not going so good. Yeah, not doing so good. But we will recap that probably for Monday's episode. So, yeah, see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to the Kaniac Report. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. Can't get enough of the Kaniac Report? For more content or to connect with the Sams, check them out on Instagram and Twitter at the Kaniac Report. We'll see you next time.